No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where David cries out to the Lord for vindication against his enemies. He prays that God would uphold his steps and hide him beneath his wings. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. As we come to Psalm 17, the title simply says, A Prayer of David. Now, so many of the Psalms are prayers. We might wonder why this one is specifically called a prayer. It's one of five psalms that is identified as a prayer. And these psalms describe the writer being in a dangerous situation and crying out to God for deliverance. You know, we may pray regularly, but our prayers take on more earnestness when we are in a desperate situation. For example, if our loved one has a disease or may be dying, how intense, how fervent our prayers suddenly become. And this prayer of David has that kind of fervency. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. When we pray to God, it makes a big difference when we know that we have a just cause. David knew that his cause was just. He had not done anything wrong. And so as he was crying out to God, he knew that he was justified. You can pray with faith and confidence when you know your cause is just. And he said, attend to my cry. I think of just a child crying out, dad, help. And then he said, it's not coming from deceitful lips. My prayer is sincere. I think many times we come and we're not totally sincere in our prayers. We're not really leveling with God, telling him how we really feel. But that's foolish because God knows exactly how we feel. We should be honest with God. No hypocrisy there. God already knows the truth. And then he said, let my vindication come from your presence. Now, it's very possible David wrote this during the time that he was in the wilderness running from King Saul and there were many enemies all around him and so he could have been his own defense trying to defend himself but he said lord i want you to be my vindication let it come from your presence let your eyes look on those things that are upright you know the truth and i'm looking to you to be my defense you have tested my heart you have visited me in the night you have tried me and have found nothing i have purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. So David knew that the Lord had tested his heart. God had put him in circumstances, trials that were testing him and bringing to the surface the things that were in his heart. You know that God will allow us to go through affliction to show us 
what's in our heart. He already knows what's in our heart. He can't learn anything. He's God. He's omniscient. But we don't always understand what's in our hearts until we go through tough times. And then we get bumped. And then what's ever inside is going to come spilling out. I believe that's what we're dealing with right now with this coronavirus pandemic. It's a test for the world, but it's also a test for the church. What are we going to lean on? What's What are we really about? What's coming out as we go through these times of affliction? But David said, you've tested me and you visited me in the night. Now, I think some of the greatest times of communion are with the Lord in the middle of the night when it's quiet and we can just listen to his voice and we can speak to him. But also there are visitations in the night of bad things going on when darkness is heavy around us. And uh, that's often when God visits us with his words of encouragement. David said, you've tried me and have found nothing. And that is a beautiful thing when the Lord can declare us blameless. And you know, we are blameless in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. God looks at us and he sees the righteousness of Jesus. And Jesus on that day will present us blameless before the angels because we have been justified by his blood. I have purposed that my heart shall not transgress. That's a good thing that should be on the top of our list. Whatever it is, our goal is going to be, let it be that we don't sin in what we say, because it's so easy to do that. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer, uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. So the works of men so oftentimes are in opposition to the plan of God. And so he's saying, Lord, it's by your word that I have kept away from these works of men and from these paths of the destroyer. So uphold my steps in your paths. Keep me on the straight and narrow path. Don't let my foot slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those, who trust in you from those who rise up against them. So I love the confidence David has here. He says, I called upon you and you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me. You know, if you have confidence that the Lord is hearing you, it gives you boldness as you come to his throne of grace. And and that's what John said in his epistle where he said, this is the confidence we have that if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then we know that we have what we've asked for. He said, show me your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. David had great hope in God's marvelous loving kindness. Do you have that hope? Do you expect the Lord to pour out his marvelous loving kindness in your life? Why? Just because he loves you. He loves you as he loves his own son. Do you expect that marvelous loving kindness? It's a great way to greet the morning. Oh, you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. David had experience going back to Goliath. David knew that the Lord delivered him from those who rose up against him. And he was expecting God to do it again. 
Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who surround me. Now, the apple of your eye is the pupil. And so he's saying, God, just protect me like your own pupil. Now, we know that your eye is something you will do anything to protect, right? God has given you the eyelid so you blink, you know, if something's coming at you. Uh, if you see it coming at you, you know, you've got it. It's, it's buried sort of in your eye socket, so that helps. Uh, is you know, a, a plank or something is going to fall on you. Uh, and then, of course, if you see it coming, you're going to throw your hand up and try to block it. The idea here is that David is saying, Lord, protect me in the same way you would protect the pupil of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Jesus said to Jerusalem as he was praying over it, how long I desire to gather you as a mother hen gathers her brood, but you would not. But here David is saying, God, hide me beneath the shadow of your wings. Protect me from the wicked who oppress me and my deadly enemies that are out there that are surrounding me. They have closed up their fat hearts with their mouths they speak proudly. Now, what are fat hearts? Well, that's just callous hearts, hearts that are impervious to the truth of God. They've just hardened them, and therefore they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They have set their eyes crouching down to the earth as a lion is eager to tear his prey and like a young lion lurking in secret places. David said, look, they are out there. They've set an ambush against us like lions that are just ready to pounce there in the darkness. Arise, O Lord, confront him, cast him down, deliver my life from the wicked with your sword, with your hand from men, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portion in this life and whose belly you fill with your hidden treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave the rest of their possession for their babes. And so here's where David really comes out with his earnest plea. Arise, O Lord, confront him, cast him down, deliver my life from the wicked with your mighty sword. Take him on, God, you know, sick him, Lord. And uh, he says that these are the people, they are men of the world who have their portion in this life. That's a big difference between those of us who have our citizenship in heaven. There are those that their portion is in this life only. They're living it up for this life and they don't think about the life to come. They have no concern for their spiritual needs. It's all about the flesh. It's all about this world. And David says, look, save me from those people because they have no heart for you, God. They have no respect for those who are your people. And they have a hidden treasure. They have wealth. They've got plenty. They're satisfied with their children. They probably have lots of them. They're going to give all of their inheritance to their kids because all of their inheritance is simply in this world. But I'm not like that, God. My inheritance is with you. My portion is with you in heaven. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. You know, 
we have this to look forward to. You know, one day we're just going to have our last day. I remember my dad in 1991, he went to bed on a night in September and he never woke up. Or I guess you could say that he woke up in the presence of the Lord. One day we're going to have that day. And that's what he's saying here. I'm, I will see your face in righteousness. There is going to be that day when I behold your glory and I see you face to face. The Bible says now that we see as though in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face and we shall know him even as we are known. That's going to happen. And do you anticipate that with joy? Paul talks about the crown of righteousness being laid up for those who love the Lord's appearing. And you think about heaven. I mean, we don't really know what it's going to be like. I know that I'm not going to be strumming a harp on some cloud. We are going to have streets of gold, but that's going to be like asphalt. The thing that's going to be most glorious about heaven is the very presence of Jesus Christ. And he said, I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. The people of this world are satisfied with the things of this world, but we ought to be satisfied when we awake in his likeness. As John says, we don't yet know what we're going to be like, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, and whoever has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. And that should be our heart, to desire to be most like Jesus. We will be satisfied the more that we are like him because our heart will be in tune with God's heart who is seeking always to conform us into the image of his dear son. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. When the pangs of death surrounded him, he called upon the Lord who scattered the foe. It's a psalm of hope and encouragement in God's power to deliver. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.